Hello everyone and welcome to another beer review. Now today we're back on one of the local beers. Uh, I did a review of this brewery, one of their products, maybe about a week ago, two weeks ago. But yeah, so we're going to try another one. Um, the last one we did, it was, it was a fine, it was an alright beer. I just felt that um, there was a sweetness there that I just found a bit kind of too much for me. So that was a kind of a bit of a downer. But today we have Otterhead from the Otter Brewery in Hornington. Or just outside Hornington actually. So that's what we're going to be doing today. Here's a thumbnail. And uh, apparently this is a strong, complex and characterful, characterful beer. There we go. And it's 5.8%. I think it's the kind of one of the stronger ones they actually do. As I kick the camera, I look a good boy. Now there's a bit of spiel on the back. It's strong as a Devon Red Otter. Head packs. Strong as a Devon Red Otter Head packs a balanced punch of classical English hops, some of Devon's best malted barley and our own brewer's yeast. Head is made using water from the head springs of the river Otter and it is then stored in our underground cellar for at least two weeks before it reaches the bottle. Deep mahogany with a nose of fruit cake and a warming taste, hints of sherry and happiness. So there you go. So apparently you can get hints of sherry and happiness. Sherry I can understand. I mean, even fruit cake, all that kind of stuff. I can identify with that. A hint of happiness. I'm sorry, but that's just bollocks. It is. It's just utter bollocks. But anyway, <laughs> why do they do it? Seriously, why do they do it? It's amazing. Uh, we haven't put any shit in the back of the label. Let's do some shit. You know, <laughs> like, seriously, let it go for God's sake. Although, these are quite mild compared to some of the crap you get in the back labels of a lot of these kind of craft beers and, and other kind of brand, you think, seriously. Some of the, the hype you put on there is unbelievable, but... Yes, apparently it's got hints of happiness. I don't know what hints of happiness really is. I probably don't really want to know, knowing that uh, what I used to class as happiness when I was a young man, <laughs> I certainly didn't want to taste that. Oh no. But anyway, let's crack this open <laughs> and see what it's like. Jesus God, hints of happiness. Oh, oh Jesus. Oh. oh. I'm trying to think clean, clean thoughts, but I'm struggling. I really am. Right. Let's get this poured before I think of anything else to say. Get myself into trouble. Oh, don't say it, Jim. Just don't say it. <laughs> I, don't, I want to say it, but I won't. Hints of happiness. Jesus, God. I think we'll just concentrate on the shed and the fruitcake today, boys. Mm -hmm. And girls. So there you go. That's what it looks like. Oh, 
new glasses arrive tomorrow. So I'll be trying them out in the next couple of reviews I'll be doing. So there you go. Another excuse to hate me. And there we go. Right, let's see what we're getting smells wise. I'm smelling happiness. <laughs> Jesus. I couldn't resist. I had to do something. I'm getting a smell of malts. Not dark roasted malts, but I'm getting kind of more kind of a richer malt kind of aromas. Not really getting grain. Bloody hell. Um, not really getting grain. But as you can see, it is a kind of a, it's kind of an amber going on to kind of ruby colour, a head, very kind of flat and kind of millpondy kind of scenario. But yeah, getting a little kind of richer kind of malt smells, maybe a hint of sweetness, not really much grain, no hops. So let's see what it tastes like. I can see the sherry bit. I can understand what they're meaning with the, with the sherry. Yes. There is a nice maltiness there, but there's a slight kind of sherry kind of feel to it, especially kind of towards the, the end of the mid-tongue start of the kind of aftertaste. Yeah. It's giving me a bit of kind of slightly kind of syrupy, slightly kind of dates kind of scenario. You know, if you open like the dates, that kind of stickiness, sometimes you get that kind of syrup at the bottom of it. It's a bit like that. It's a bit kind of slightly Middle Eastern kind of fruit syrup type scenario. Because they also do kind of pomegranate syrups and these type of things within the kind of uh, Middle East cuisine and things like that which is all very nice. But there is a nice little bitterness there. There is a sweetness, but the sweetness is offset a bit with a bit of bitterness, especially in the aftertaste, which is good, because when I first tasted it, I was thinking, oh God, there's sweetness there. But as I've had another sip there, I'm, I'm starting to kind of get other flavours that are slightly kind of balancing the kind of sweetness out, because the first thing I got was sweetness. And I was going to be worried and a bit concerned, thinking, oh God, I'm going to get another oversweet beer. So. But yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. There's dried fruit kind of sweetness there as well. Yeah. But while I'm kind of acclimatising to this, I see that uh, Brewdog has decided to go after Guinness. Yeah, well, uh, they picked a well-brewed, strong-flavoured stout to go after, didn't they? Yeah, so apparently they're now going to be doing a, or they are doing a now nitrous um, based stout. Um, I think they're going to be in cans and of course they're also selling it in pubs as well. 
and uh, gets one of these kind of low alcohol around about the 4, 4.1%. They're calling it Black Heart Stout, which is strange because I thought there was a Yorkshire brewery called The Heart Brewery and they do a Black Heart Stout as well. Be, could be confusing. I probably would think that the, the brew dog um, version probably won't be as good as the heart brewery version. Due to the fact is that uh, the heady heights that brew dog has decided to kind of go for is Guinness, which I've already highlighted is quite a bland beer in general, and for a stout it really is quite bland indeed. But I've also said that right now, it is the best-selling beer in British pubs. So it's the number one selling beer in British pubs. So it is very popular. It's going through a, a, a big kind of a rejuvenation, which is, is great if you're a Guinness brewery and you're a Guinness drinker. But I suppose it gives you another option if you're into that kind of style of stout. Then you might be interested in this new one coming from Brewdog. If I see it and it's a normal price, I will buy it and review it. If they want silly money for it, then they can go and bug it off. I mean, seriously. If you're going to be taking on Guinness, well, you don't need the nitrous and all this nonsense. There's plenty of ones that do it. Beamish does it. Um, Murphy's does it and things like that. I'll be totally honest. I prefer a pint of Murphy's to a pint of Guinness anyway. So already Guinness has been beaten by Murphy's in my view. And uh, maybe Brewdog might beat it, but at the end of the day, who cares from my point of view? But if you're into it, then it's something to kind of look out for. Again, I can't tell you what the prices are, but I would hope to. Th I would hope if you're going to be taking on Guinness, you've got to be roughly about the kind of similar price point, which is roughly depending on what supermarket you're going to. It's roughly about four twenty-five to five pounds for a four-pack of the standard kind of Guinness draft in the cans. So there you go. So it's got to be within that type of price range if you're really going to challenge them. If it's going to be a lot more expensive, then you're not really challenging them because people think, well, I don't care how good it is, I'll just go for the Guinness. So there you go. So that's something to kind of look out for and uh, if I can get hold of it. I mean, there's other ones I'd like to probably try just to see what it's like. I'd like to try some of that kind of Hawkstone kind of beer and things like that, but I'm not paying 36 quid for 12 bottles. I don't even want 12 bottles. I just want one bloody bottle. Review it and see what it's like. I don't want bloody 12 of them because it turns out to be bloody piss water. I've got 11 bloody bottles still to try and get rid of. And I've paid 36 quid for the pleasure. I mean, I'm sorry, but no. If you believe in your product, sell them as individuals. And if you've got different ones there anyway so if you could sell them for it as individual bottles then I'll go on and buy a couple of each and then that's fine there you go so I can buy one for reviewing and one for basically drinking myself and see how it goes and things like that but no you could buy them batches of 12 you think well that's crap so there's a few different beers that I would like to try but unfortunately I can't buy them as individuals I'm going to buy them as packs and at the end of the day I'm not prepared to do that because well until I've tasted them and see what they're like, I sure as hell don't end up with multiple bottles of its piss water. I mean, I'm just not willing to do that. I'd rather spend that money 
and get a lot of individual bottles which will get me so many reviews and uh, it's probably more interesting for yourselves as well because it means you're getting a lot more reviews for that money than me going spending it and only getting one review and I've got 11 bottles I'm stuck with. So yeah, it's all got to be kind of sensible pricing and uh, I think it's the case as though it's asking people to kind of dive into the unknown, especially if you're basically introducing a new range of beers and uh, you just don't know what they like, so it is a bit of a gamble. And unfortunately, because it's associated with a TV personality, there is going to be a certain level of hype and there is going to be a certain kind of capitulation by people reviewing it because, hey, Jimmy Clarkson, the TV personality, going to go with the trend, he's very popular, so, you know, I, I won't say anything bad about it because I don't want to kind of look bad and things like that. Whereas me, if it's shit, I'll say it's shit. I don't give a toss who it is. You want to put your name in the bottle? No, you've got to basically take the good and the bad. Simple as that. So, there you go. It's now no head at all. It's completely flat as a witch's tit. So, let's try and break down the flavours now. Starts off with multi sweetness at the start of the mouth. Little hints of kind of fruitiness, but without really kind of identifying the fruitiness. There's no real identifying flavours of it's this fruit or that fruit. It's just a kind of general fruity kind of accents, but you're getting this kind of multi sweetness. But the problem is, as it kind of starts to move from the front of the mouth to the mid-tongue, you are getting a kind of slightly kind of fruity syrupness, like a bit like maybe like kind of pomegranate syrup or more like the kind of like uh, dates syrup, that type of stuff that you can get when you get it out of the little kind of packets. So you're getting that kind of hints of, you're getting a little bit of green in the mid-tongue, but what you are getting is a lot of kind of dry fruit effect. So this is what they're kind of calling the kind of fruit cake. It's that kind of dried mixed fruit kind of flavours. And that's the problem. It's not really kind of identifiable. You can't really pinpoint what flavours that you're really getting. You're just getting this kind of general, generic kind of mixed dried fruit with that kind of multi-syrupy sweetness that you're getting. And yeah, your first mouthful, it's going to be probably quite overpowering until you kind of experience the aftertaste. And the way the aftertaste works, it will kind of set you up in good stead for drinking the beer or the rest of the beer that's in the glass because what it will do is it will tone things down within the mouth so the sweetness isn't so kind of in your face. So yes, what happens is it moves on from the kind of uh, dried fruitiness and sweetness of the mid-tongue. And it comes in to the, to the aftertaste. And there's a, still the fruitiness there, still that sweetness there, but the sweetness just starts to kind of drop off and 
the kind of fruity flavours really kind of dissipate quite quickly. And you start getting behind this coming out as this kind of uh, bitterness. And where was it? Where would you say the bitterness coming from? It feels like it's a little bit of burnt sugar and a little bit of hops. It's a kind of a, a mixture. It's not one thing or the other that's giving the bitterness. But there is a, a decent level of bitterness there, which is helping to kind of have that kind of multi kind of syrupy sweetness dissipate. It's helping it kind of dissipate. Um, the fruitiness is kind of, it buggers off quite quickly. It dissipates quite quickly. And then you are left with this kind of slightly lingering bitterness, but it's not a bad bitterness, but it's a slightly kind of two-toned bitterness. It's, it's not just a single bitterness, which is quite nice. But what it does is because it lingers, when you go back round to have a drink again, that bitterness is still lingering, so it just slightly tones down the sweetness of the front of the mouth and the mid-tongue before you get to it, so that kind of looping. So the first time you drink it, the front of the mouth and the mid-tongue is a bit overpowering. The second time, the second sip you have, it's kind of balanced out a bit because you have that slight lingering kind of uh, bitterness in the aftertaste from the first sip that's kind of toning everything down in the second one. So it kind of balances itself out to a degree. But it is still got quite a lot of sweetness to it. And it is from that probably a kind of a slightly kind of richer end of the ale scale. So as it is a bit richer from that point of view. And I can see where they're getting the sherry because of that, the way the fruitness slightly kind of dissipates and you have this kind of bitterness coming through in the back of it and the sweetness is there and the sweetness starts to kind of obviously dissipate as the bitterness builds up. It does feel like a bit like the kind of sherry aftertaste you would get drinking sherry. So that kind of sherry-like kind of aftertaste. Uh, what would I give this out of... 10. Well, as you can see, it's quite dead. It's alright. It's, it's alright as a beer, but I've had better. And this, this I bought this from Waitrose. What was Waitrose charging? They were roughly about 230, 239 for it, roughly about that. And I'll be totally honest, no, it's not really that great. And I have had this situation with this brewery before where it has been kind of hit and miss. I can drink it one time and it's actually not too bad. And I drink it another time thinking, that's changed. So yes, I've had it kind of back and forward a wee bit. For me, for that type of beer, it's not the best. And I've had better ones with more balance and just feel like there's a better brew to it. It just seems to be more cohesive. This one, I'd say it's a little bit disjointed. You're relying on the aftertaste of the previous sip that you've had to kind of tone down the sip that you're having at that, at that time and yeah I would say it's 
slightly below half for each other. I'm going to give this a four and a half, a four and a half out of ten. The sweetness is a bit in your face. The fruity flavours to kind of be connected to a kind of syrupiness that, for me, is just a bit too sweet. And just the aftertaste is probably the best part of it, but it's slightly spoiled a bit because of the front of the mouth and the mid-term. I would say that they're just a bit too in your face and, and for me probably a bit sickening in a way and I suppose any beer that kind of is sickening towards your kind of flavour profiles it just kind of, no this isn't really for me and that's what I'm getting with this, it's just not really for me. Um, I don't mind these style of beers and I've had nicer ones. Just this one is just, they could have done a better job. They really could have. And I just don't feel that that's even good enough to get a five. It's just, it's actually, no, it's not. Would I recommend it? Well, give it a go. You might like the stronger kind of syrupy sweetness more than I do. And if you do, that's fine. I mean, I'm only reviewing it for what I am tasting and, and what appeals to me. If you like the beer a bit more on the sweeter side, uh, a bit more syrupy, then this might be more your cup of tea. So from that point of view, I'd recommend it. Brew-wise, well, you can see yourself how kind of flat it is and things like that. So it's not even kind of attractive from that point of view. I'm really I'm trying to fight to go and get a bit of life into it, as you can see. There's a wee bit of lacing and that type of stuff, but I've had to kind of really fight to get it. And, I mean, mouthful is okay, but uh, not really my cup of tea. So, yeah, it's a four and a, four and a half out of five. It's 500ml bottle, 5.8%. Give it a go if you like beer a bit more on the sweeter side and a bit more syrupy with its kind of fruity flavours um, and see what you think so thanks for watching cheers and bye for now